Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Curiosity Didn't Kill podcast. And today is a very special day. I have the lovely Nikki Waters. Nikki is a coach, business mentor, tarot extraordinaire. So Nikki, (laughs) she's also a very magical lady and she hails all the way from Australia. So Oftentimes, I feel like when we talk about ourselves and like who we are, we answer with what we do. So without telling us anything about coaching, mentoring, who are you? Like, what do you love? What makes you tick? I love the question. I love the parameters because it's so easy (laughs) to default into, let me give you my CV so you get who I am. Guilty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we're, we're sort of ingrained into it. Like anyone who's ever heard, what's your elevator pitch? We're literally programmed to compartmentalize and like put ourselves into a box so it's more consumable for others. Um, So I appreciate that. And I'm also slightly challenged in this moment. So let's see. (laughs) Without describing what I do, who am I? Hmm. I've actually been doing a lot of reflection on this lately. So it's probably not as difficult. It would have been two weeks ago or something (laughs) like that. Uh, So all good. I I mean, that's the key, right? You know, Mm self-reflection, the self-journey. Definitely. And I like, I'm sure my guides were like, you need to be reflecting on this. Ash is going to quiz you when you get on it. <laughs> <Like, laughs> preparation. Um, I think this isn't what I do. So I think this is a perfect answer. I am just a little witch who wants to live in the woods and have a magical time and a magical life. And that, that literally sums me up, but also seeps into everything I actually do. So without describing what I do, I think the essence of me is someone who is deeply connected to nature, deeply connected to self, and also seeking constantly to be more attuned and more connected. Nice. I love that. That's a good one. I also Mm. aspire to live in the woods and I'm not so much in the woods, but like there's lots of trees. So I feel like we're almost there. (laughs) Yeah. I like sometimes if I close my eyes a little bit and just squint out the window and I'm like, it's like I'm in my woods. I know. I, you know, and there's all these birds and stuff. Like exactly. yesterday I was sitting outside and I heard kookaburras and these birds and it was raining and I was like, oh, this is delightful. And then you hear like a truck go by and I'm like, still in the nature. <laughs> still <here." laughs> That reminds me, I was listening to your podcast and I love that I can hear birds in the background sometimes. So I don't know if you're recording outside, but like, um, that's I'm really cool. I'm just recording here in my office, but... Oh, okay. The birds like to be, I guess, little guest speakers, guest stars. Can't really do without it. (laughs) They literally chime in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, it's a sign from the universe. If they're squawking really loudly, I'm like, emphasis, emphasis on that. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yes. Mm -hmm. So yes, Nikki, she's got her own podcast. You guys should should go check that out. Um, What made you want to be a coach? Did you always want to be a coach? Like, how did you get into that? I definitely didn't always want to be a coach. I remember when I first came across coaching being like, this is a bullshit profession. Like (laughs) you just pay people to tell you what to do. And I was like very in Mm -hmm. a rebellious stage of my life. It's not a real job. Maybe in another lifetime or maybe if I was born into another family, like I literally had this yearning in my heart when I saw it. But at the time yearning meant pain because Mm -hmm. it meant 
a life that I couldn't access and dreams I couldn't fulfill. And it was actually really uncomfortable for me to think about coaching. So I just dismissed it. Like I was like, no, 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 that's not possible. Also, it's a lot of fucking money. Like I was like looking at the price and I'm like, what's the cheapest one? And the cheapest one was still too much. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll just have to continue on this path. From that point though, I had planted that seed unintentionally of like coaching is a thing and it really resonated and I yearned for it. And then I buried it because I thought that's what I had to do. So I wasn't just disappointed with what I was doing. Right. Um, And I continued on with teaching, but that actually inspired me to start our business, even though it wasn't Mm. coaching, it was going into trying to run art classes and selling my artwork what I now view as like the very start of what my business is today is actually just taking the leap into believing I could be a business owner. So coaching gave me that gift. And then a year later, after a breakup and moving city and like a twin flame kind of disaster situation (laughs) and then like all this dramatic shit, I moved to the city and I was like, well, I've, I've already blown up everything in my life for like the third time in my entire life. Um, but I was also in a state of complete flux. Mm. So I was like, why not try coaching? Yeah. And so I started and that's really how it began. Just being in a position where I felt like I had nothing to lose. Cause I thought I had already lost it all and just embracing what had once just been a seed, but it germinated for long enough for me to go. Now's the time. And then I stepped yeah. in that direction. Mm. Yeah. Two things from that. I thought it was interesting earlier when you had said that it felt unobtainable. So you didn't know that that's what you wanted, right? When you were talking about like, well, maybe if I was born into a different family, because I feel like, so one of the things that really hurts my heart, I feel like people don't know what they want, but I feel like they don't give themselves permission to want, to dream, to search for like the desire, right? Because I feel like it starts with, what do you want? (laughs) What's Mm -hmm. the desire? What's the passion? So that's right there, point proven that, you know, giving yourself that permission, first of all, just opens the door. And then secondly, I love how you said you felt like you lost it all. You had nothing left. So fuck it. Let's just try coaching. And I love how that's almost like, it feels like the shittiest situation. And I tell people this all the time and I kind of like relate it to Batman because I'm low-key a nerd. (laughs) Like, Yes. Okay. Love it. So we're on board. We're on the same page again. So like, okay, Bruce Wayne's parents, they die. No spoiler alert, hopefully. But like, that seems like the shittiest fucking situation for him. And he could have taken any direction. And at that point, he doesn't know he's going to be Batman. So it's the same for us. If we're in our shittiest, lowest point, we don't know the ending of our story, but we get to also write it. We're the authors. So like, can we turn the shit into gold? And for you, that's what it seems like happened. Yeah. And I will say also that there's been plenty of times and chapters in my life, in micro moments and also macro, when the decision wasn't empowering. It was like, I guess we just double down on fucking things up and then like going hard <laughs> at it. So I think even that just gets to be at some point when you, when when I'm ready, when you're ready, when whoever is ready to take a different route and break free of whatever pattern or cycle or bullshit's been going on in that moment. And this is what I've taught to my clients, but also like need to remind myself of sometimes is anything before that gets to be the prologue of your story. Mm -hmm. 
it gets to be, okay, well, that was setting the scene and now. Now there is the empowered path. Now there is the path of conscious creation. Now there is the path of me choosing really what I want to do and what comes next and allowing all that backstory to just be that, a backstory. Because yeah, Batman, like we don't watch a Batman movie. It's not of his childhood. That's his pro, like that's his backstory. Yeah. That's setting the scene, but it is not the most significant thing about him. It's not the most important thing in his present. Right. Just like all the things that I've done in my life, good, bad, and otherwise, in now in this moment, simply get to be part of my backstory where I go, I can use that to empower me. I can use that to inspire me. I can use that to remind me never to do that particular thing again. Yes. <laughs> so you were a teacher. What what did you teach before? Were you always an art teacher or what subjects did you teach? I was never actually trained as an art teacher. Um, I did history and English. My heart was in history and I literally only taught senior history, which is what I really liked for my first year. And then it was English from then on. Um, But in my last few years of teaching, actually, because I was working on selling my artwork and running an art business and people just knew that about me, I was actually invited to teach art at the last school I was in. And that was actually really fun. I was like, oh, I get to have passion and this job put together yeah Um, so yeah that was what I was doing so it was was pretty fun to be able to experience what was at the time becoming my business and becoming my passion Um, and I had chosen as my purpose while still in that transition stage of not quite being able to leave teaching it it felt a little bit closer to the actualization of I might be able to do what it is that I want to do Yeah. It gave you a little taste. And that's what I find too. Like the universe, like they want you to succeed. Like the gods, the guides, whoever, they want you to like, yes, like follow the passion. So like, they'll just give you a little like, look, you can do it. Look, here you go. You know? And then you would like start building the confidence within yourself. But even still going from a teacher to, well, I guess at the time, a business owner in general, there must have been like these, oh shit, what the fuck am I doing moments? (laughs) So how did you overcome them and do you still experience them? Are there moments where you're like, what am I doing? Um, How did I overcome them? That's an interesting question. I think part of it is just having the guts to have no fucking idea what you're doing and just being like, it might fail. And I think actually that's easier at the start because you don't have any sort of sign of success or viability or whatever and so everything is an experiment and you get to be like learn a mindset and totally just fresh-faced and being like let's see what happens which is terrifying but is also kind of freeing and light um so at the start of my journey it was actually it was scary to say that I wanted stuff like what you were saying before like the desire to want and to go like admit that I want something can be Mm. scary in and of itself but the actual putting myself out there it was just learning curve. It was just new experience. It was just, I don't know what's going to happen, but that was kind of familiar at that stage. And as I progressed in my business, like I started having clients and I started having paid clients and I started having packages and recurring (laughs) things. And then it actually felt harder to risk things and try things because it's Mm. like, now I have something to lose or now I have something to prove, Right, which can be a whole other psychological like mind fuck because you're not only trying to do something new where you are still a beginner 
but there is a little bit of experience that says you should be better. You should be more, you can't go backwards and a little bit kind of, and in a dialogue that wasn't super helpful. So that still definitely comes up today, having the tools to handle it. I'm actually better equipped, but I don't think it ever truly goes away. Another reason why we need to remain like aligned and intuitive and conscious of what we're doing and thinking and creating because that stuff is like just beneath the surface, like yeah. ready to like poke its head up and be like, let's mess this up for you if, <laughs> you know, we're not conscious of it. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I agree. I don't think that ever really goes away. Cause like you were saying, once you like, okay, I'm an established business, I'm a business owner, I'm doing things, but now you always have like this, like, okay, well, I got to level up. I got to level up. Especially people are always telling you like level up your business. So like, it's almost like having the audacity to do something more, but then you're like, I don't know what that more is. Like, what do I do? Especially since we're all so unique. Like, yeah, you could have this like epic package program just like someone else is doing. But like for me, that's proven not to be my path. And it just, I don't know, irked my soul. (laughs) So that was not, not for me. So I'm like, okay, I'm not, that's not me. But yeah, I don't think it ever really goes away, but just giving yourself, again, going back to the permission, like be audacious and just follow your passions. Because like you said, it's like always under the surface. It's there. Just do like the messy action, the aligned action, just doing, even if you fail, like it'll happen. It'll just, the puzzle pieces will start falling together. So looking back from when you were a teacher to where you are now, how has that changed your life? So I'm sure there's a lot of soul things that's changed. I'm sure there's a lot of like things you've learned about yourself and just in your physical world, but what's different for you? Definitely a lot of things are different. And I'm like, how do I even describe them? I think that's like- <laughs> They're indescribable. <laughs> yeah, I will. Let's, that's my answer. I can't describe it. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's such an interesting question. I think Probably one of the most significant things is actually, and I realized this yesterday as I, cause I had like a day off yesterday. I'm like, as a teacher, I would have had to have chucked a sickie or like made an excuse, or even if it was like a public holiday, which is actually today, I would have felt all this weight and burden and guilt. And like, this is a job tomorrow and I have to do this thing. And oh, I wish I wasn't. And like all the stories around mm-hmm. the fact that I was in a job that I didn't really want to be in, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, the fact that I even if sometimes it doesn't feel like it, I get to go, I'm working today. I'm not working today. I'm doing this today. I'm not doing that today. Like the full level of responsibility for everything I do is actually really, really cool and really exciting. And yeah, sometimes a little bit scary. Like (laughs) if I don't get out of bed, (laughs) like nothing's going to happen. And there's no one there to like fire me or take pay away or do whatever the, you know, punishment kind of things that would whip me into shape probably in the past. <laughs> um, yeah. But even that is, is freeing as well, because I am the source, the creator and the instigator of everything that I create now. So it's like very empowering, also a little bit scary, but I think that's really fun. Cause I was like sitting outside as well yesterday, cause I get to do whatever I want <laughs> and just watching the rain. And I'm like, I would have missed this moment if I was yeah. at work. I would have missed this moment if this wasn't my goddess day, my day off. And um, so that's probably one of the biggest ones is just like that full sense of freedom. And I don't always make the right choices. Like I might have too many days off or I might work too hard 
for too many days. The fact that that's still on me, pretty rad. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was also, I was going to say is the caveat though. Like sometimes you're like, do I get up or can I just lay here all day? Or you're like, oh, I can do that later. Right. Cause no one's your boss. Like you're your own boss, but you have to have that discipline to be like, no, this is your schedule or this is your routine. This is, you know, your appointments and make sure mm-hmm. that you follow them. But yeah. So I think that's where divine discipline comes into play. Cause I, knew a lot about discipline as a teacher, not only feeling disciplined by the system, but actually needing to discipline people within the system, whole other conversation. Um, But as a business owner, and I think this is like an interesting thing to talk about is we need to, when we step into business or if we choose to step into business, we also have to level up our mind from employee to business owner. Mm. And it's things like this, like, being the controller of your own time, determining what you do with that time, having your own level of discipline. And I think it's even important to go and not just copying and pasting discipline because discipline is a soul-led business owner. And I think everyone should be a soul-led business owner, but that's a whole you know other thing again. <laughs> but like having the respect for yourself to be disciplined, but also having the grace to go, that doesn't have to look like what it looked like before. I don't need to whip myself into shape. I don't need to push myself into something and I don't need to hustle and grind just because everyone says I'm going to. So for me, the coupling of divine and discipline gets to be like, how can this be powerful and graceful? How can this be impactful and also really like nurturing and compassionate and loving because that hasn't happened before when I've tried to accomplish something big. Right. And yet now it gets to you. Yeah. And I love that you're saying that. I feel like that alone could be a whole like hour long just discussion. Cause like, yeah, like you said, so we go, we're built in like this hustle culture. Like it's glorified, make money, work long hours, work multiple jobs, work up the ladder. And you're just constantly like giving away to like some other entity, a company, and you're depleting your own energy. So now And also I tell people and clients like, okay, it's one thing to be the authority of your own life. But like what that means is you're making these decisions. Like there's no one telling you what to do. Because sometimes that just seems easier. Like just tell me how to fix my life. Like I've had people come to me Mm -hmm. and they're like, just tell me how to fix it. I'm like, well, we got to unravel a lot of shit here and we got to do all the things. It's not like you're playing the long game. There's no quick fix. There's no like, oh, just do that. Just do this. It's the unraveling, finding yourself, like you said, soul-led. Who are you on a soul level? Figuring that out and then everything just kind of will start to blossom. And it sounds so like I feel, I don't know if cliche is the right word or woo-woo, but it's like, oh yeah, let me just find myself. But no, it really is like everything's already in us. We have so much potential. We have so much power, right? Like we're here on a mission. We're doing something but we've just been told, we've been conditioned, you can't, or that, that's not what life looks like. That's not what success looks like. You go to school, get a job, get married, have kids, whatever it is, especially for females, you know, like this is what success in a life looks like. So yeah, I could go on forever about conditioning and all the things. Yeah. I'm just like nodding along. I'm like, yep, that sounds completely accurate. Totally <laughs> have experienced that. <laughs> yeah. No, same. And I feel like probably everybody has like, mm. and to no one's fault, it's, I don't know, we're just, it's just passed down through generations. It's part of like generational trauma, you know? So like, 
it's just what we've been taught. But now it's also our job to unlearn it, to untangle the wires. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And like that awareness isn't the end of the conversation because I've definitely had a lot of clients like ready for the awareness, ready to be like, pull it apart, show me my conditioning, show me my programming, tell me, you know, help me figure out what it is I want. But we then needed to un, like, un, not unconnect, disconnect the belief that that's the end of the story. I'm like, awareness is step one. Right. And there's integration, then there's implementation, then there's realizing there's more shit and then enjoying <laughs> it all again. Yeah. Um, which is sometimes I think where, where clients or people or ourselves, when we're learning something new or healing or unraveling our own crap, is like we also need to remind ourselves that no one else can do this for us. It's a process that's ongoing and being able to know something and then like capital K, know with our intuition mm. and our mind, body, and soul and have it fully integrated and aligned, completely different journey. Yeah. Like part of the journey, but like the next step or the next chapter of the piece. So no one can save you from that. No one can tell you what to do. Cause especially at the start of my business, I told a lot of clients what to do. They didn't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like a lot of coaches had told me what to do. I didn't do it. Mm. If you're not ready, yeah. the awareness kind of can just fall on deaf ears. Yeah. It's like you can see that your room needs to be cleaned. Doesn't mean you have the desire or the urge or even just the habits in which to do it. Same thing yeah. in our business. Same thing with our healing. We can know without being ready to actually actualize mm-hmm. what has to come next. Right. Yeah. And it's like, so sometimes with my clients, it's like, I can say the same thing over and over again and just try to say it in different ways, but it's their journey that if they choose to act and go on the journey, do the process, they will start to hear what I'm saying differently. Like you're just mm-hmm. hearing it from different perspectives, from different viewpoints that you have to move yourself through. Like, I can't push you, pull you, you got to do that all on your own. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, like this is making sense now. Cause you've now seen it from a different viewpoint, but it's a constant evolution. Like, I don't think we should ever expect the journey to end. Like that's what we're here for. I think as humans is to learn, evolve and not just like physically over years and years, but like our mind, like expanding the mind, questioning, challenging, um, yeah, and just like opening our mind and learning more about ourselves. So it's never like a, how do I fix this? It's, you're going to be here for your whole life trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And like, I, as we always say, like, we're very in alignment with each other. I recorded a podcast episode this morning and it's about being on path. It's about being on purpose. And part of that is like accepting yeah. that there is so much unknown there's always going to be so much unknown. So you need to seek certainty from within. And that's why we do the intuitive work. That's why we do self-help work. That's why we have coaches Mm -hmm. and healers and all these sort of things, because when we can be more grounded in ourselves, whatever comes next, we'll be able to handle. And I think that was such a key piece lacking from my past is I place certainty in everything besides myself. I had no certainty in myself. I'm like, all I need to do is attach to a person, a job, a place of income that will keep me safe because I'm incapable of keeping myself safe. Mm. So part of my healing journey from awareness to implementation and integration and action has been to seed and nurture and grow 
that certainty within me, which is why like now that my business continues to shift and grow and grow and evolve, <laughs> and I'm sure it will continue for the rest of my business life, yep. um, not needing for my business to always be the same. I don't need the same clients. I don't need the same programs. I don't need the same classes or courses or branding or whatever. In the past, I thought I did, but now I get to go, well, as long as I'm certain in self, certain in soul and certain that I'm on path, I'm all good. Yeah. And that change is not going to rock me. Make me, might make me question some stuff. <laughs> like, why am I doing <laughs> this to myself? It's a lot more work. Right. But then also being like, well, at the end of the day, I chose it. And if I chose yeah. it for the right reasons, it's only going to ever lead me in the right direction. So yeah, such an empowering and turbulent place to be in, but probably wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, I agree. That's something that kind of like would trip me up too. Cause I would think like, okay, this is what my business is. This is what I offer. This is what it looks like. And then pivoting would be like, oh shit. But then what if people think I don't know what I'm doing or what if like, they're like, I don't know, like I thought I was going to look crazy. But I'm like, okay, your business, you as a person, me as a person, we're going to evolve for the rest of my life. This will never look one way for the rest of my life. Like I might be, who knows, collecting baseball cards or something in like 10 years. I don't know. Probably not. But <laughs> you just never yeah. know. So it's okay not to totally, know. Totally resonate with that. And very similar thoughts when I change anything in my business, even when I started my podcast. Um, it was like, what are people going to think? What is going to be the perception? Once if it doesn't look great, like I've got things that are at a higher level in my business and then mm. this new thing comes up, will that diminish what I've mm. accomplished? Will that diminish the brand or the perception or the persona that I've been cultivating all of this time? Once if someone likes what I did over there and doesn't like what I do over here, like what does that mean? Yeah. And what really helped me was like zooming out, like into my higher self and going, what is actually happening here? I'm demonstrating it's okay to evolve. I'm demonstrating soul-led is better than like society-driven. I'm demonstrating that this is your fucking life and you can do whatever you want with it. That Those are such better messages to my clients or even to my friends and family and audience or whoever is seeing what I'm doing yeah. than perpetuating what I believe is a false idea that you will find one thing finally and then you'll stick to it for the rest of your life like that is the kind of coaching industry in entrepreneurial industry bs that i think is being shoved down our throats is mm. just find your thing yes get really good at it and never yes. deviate and i'm like yeah if you're a robot sure <laughs> exactly if you're gonna outsource this to people who it is just a job to sure and that's not to say those things are bad if it serves a purpose and never needs to change for that particular purpose, cool. Mm -hmm. But I think you and me and everyone we work with is like, we care about creating a life around our business. Right. We care about creating a business around our life. So it has to be interconnected. It has to be aligned and it has to be on purpose and purposeful because that's actually what we are desiring to create, not just ticking yeah. a box. Yeah. Because I think like, when we say find our purpose or find your purpose, people ask me all the time, like, how do I find my purpose, my mission? What am I here to do? And then, especially if you talk about it in terms of being an entrepreneur, there's always, like you said earlier, the elevator pitch. What is it that you do? Your purpose, your mission. So I feel like at the beginning, I got that very intertwined because I think there's a mm. difference between my business mission 
and like my soul mission. But how do you feel? Is there a difference for you? How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's an interesting kind of thing to think about. I couldn't even think of the right word. I'm like, I haven't been an English teacher for a few years. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, My actual goal is to have both in alignment. And by that, I mean, I don't think everyone has to have their soul mission as their business mission. Like, I don't think that's true. But my personal journey, and that's the reason I created my membership, Soul Led and Satisfied, and my podcast, Soul Led and Satisfied as Fuck, because to me and my satisfaction, it is really, really imperative that I'm following my soul and then I get to share that through my business. So for me, I've chosen to align the two, mm-hmm. but I definitely see within other people that their sole mission might be around being a light for good or a force for good, being compassionate, being a connector, being um, the center of a community, like something like that. And what they actually do monetarily does not need to be directly connected because they're maybe being fulfilled through whatever they're doing. They're like soul's mission is being accomplished either directly or indirectly through the business. Mm -hmm. My personal and chosen mission, because I believe it's a choice, what we choose to devote ourselves to is like, I'm doing the hard yards of figuring out how they get to be both. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more tricky because you can't just like, watch um, a course or a class on how to create a particular type of funnel or create Mm -hmm. a particular type of business or just model someone else because to me that would be going against my my chosen soul mission and my chosen business mission definitely possible definitely possible but that's just my take on it it's a choice I've chosen to align it if other people choose not to that's cool it's just a different different game, a different story, different strategy. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. And I think that kind of connects to like, it's a choice. You have to like want what you're choosing. And again, we go back to people don't know what they really want. We don't know what we really desire. So like for me, what's really helped me with that is I keep a gratitude journal. So if I get a crazy idea and I think I want something, I'll write it down every day, like three times a day. And then like my body starts to feel weird, maybe by like the second or third day. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't think I really do want that. I think Mm -hmm. maybe I thought that was cool or I saw someone else do that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll try it on. Because I think like, again, it goes back to the conditioning, society, what we're absorbing. It's so easy to watch someone else or just see something and be like, oh, I want to do that. So like, it's really been helpful for me to write it down. Mm And then feel into my body, like, okay, what does that desire feel like? Do you really want it? And that's been a game changer for me. It's, yeah, it's so powerful. And I think it's easy to go, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Probably quite a few years ago now, I ran a class and it was called Wants, Needs, and Desires. Because there were three very different things, but we often Mm -hmm. like lump them together. It's like, you can want something. And like you said, when you examine it, you actually never go to the effort or make the choice to get it because it was just a want. It was a fleeting urge, impulse for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. We have needs. And I think these are like, well, I need to have this for survival or I need to have this for, you know, whatever reasons, like we need to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. Desire is the one where it's like both a want and we've made it a need. 
and yeah. we're so juiced up about it. And I think that is what you're talking about is like when we have those wants that are so deep that there's like a yearning and a soul's calling and like a passion behind it. So we're yes. actually going to go and choose it. Exactly. And invitation for everyone to like aim for desires. Yes. Instead of just once, or at mm. least like look at your wants and go, okay, which of these are actually desires? And maybe they do that through like journaling and like writing it down like you did. Or maybe it's just actually just sitting and sinking into it and going, what's behind this? Because I do it all the time. Like I've been obsessing over some ladies on on TikTok (laughs) and Instagram and their businesses. And yeah, it's really easy to get triggered and like, well, I want that. Right. So I, you know, I want to look like them. I want to have branding like them. I want to have offers like them. I want to have income like them. I want to have price points like them. Right. (laughs) And then go, do I need any of that? Mm-hmm. Do I actually actually want any of that? Which led to a whole internal discussion, which I actually brought to my mastermind around um, when we see something like that, that we want, that fleeting want, it's like, well, are we going to, is this about copying or compatibility? Yeah. You could copy that price point. You could copy that offer. You could copy that business. That's not going to be satisfying. That's not going to be in alignment. But if you see something you want, Rather than copy, it's like, well, what's the compatible there? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm really inspired by actually is their sense of authenticity. What I'm really inspired by actually is the simplicity in which they talk about their offers, not what their actual offer was. And so like this whole discussion gets to be a deepening of our desires and a deepening of our wants to a place of true alignment and not just, well, I'll need to have that in order to have this other thing, which is very superficial and very limiting when it comes to well actually going to all the work of doing that and bringing it into your existence and into your reality yeah I totally agree I think authenticity is just king especially these days like showing up as who you are as a person and not just like here's my business here's my offer buy all the things like who are you? Like, if I'm working with someone, I want to be able to vibe with you, chat with you, like connect to you. You know what I mean? Like there's an energy there. So I think if we just continue to lead by example, hopefully this will be more of a thing in like the coaching mentoring world where it's like, just show up as you, you know, like the branding's cool. All the things are cool, but like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. I, 100% agree and it's when I zoom out and look back at my past I'm like I got my first clients from who I was and how they resonated and how we connected because I can honestly say my branding was bullshit my social (laughs) media was not consistent and I didn't have the million I mean I don't have now but I didn't have a million followers I didn't have all of this social proof I didn't have all of this evidence our connection is what actually connected us. Yeah. So why would that change now? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it doesn't have to. So if you had any advice for entrepreneurs, if anyone's listening or aspiring entrepreneurs, what's some golden nuggets that you would give them? Hmm. You're not wrong for wanting what you want in your life and business. Love that. Love it. That's a huge piece is like, allow yourself to want what you want and obviously do the work that we just spoke about around making sure it's actually a desire and not just a impulse Yeah, because of someone else's social media. 
Um, but allow yourself to want what you want. I think sometimes we dream really big, but because we haven't attached to the fact that it could happen or that we're allowed to want that and it doesn't matter where we started, and even if that dream is super big and super huge, just giving yourself the permission to want it is the most important part. Yeah. Totally. That would definitely be the first one. Allow yourself to want what you want. And the second is actually really do your best to disconnect from social media as much as possible. I don't care who you are or what stage of business you're at. I bet you can get down a rabbit hole of scrolling and then being like, oh, their offer looks really good or their branding looks really good or I really like how they film themselves or their TikToks are amazing or how do they write a caption like that? And we can be inundated by all the things that with, you know, unconsciously we're doing wrong or we're not Mm -hmm. doing like those other people. So I think the greatest gift you can give yourself beyond allowing yourself the permission to want what you want is to disconnect from what other people are doing because that's just going to muddy the waters and make it more difficult to get clear on what you want and then clear on how you want to go about doing it. So those are probably the two, two big ones. And then I think the third one is having community around you that actually thinks like that Mm. and also acts like that. Yes. Yeah, totally agree with all of those. Those are so, so, so huge because they all align with your desire, the wants, everything is subconscious, our little subconscious Mm -hmm. minds just bubbling up and working in the background and we don't even know it. So we're witchy and spooky around here. So I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on aliens and ghosts? (laughs) All right, cool. What a great question. I believe in aliens. I just think it would be impossible for them not to exist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, humans are the only thing in the entire fucking universe. All right. Right. Um, <laughs> How egotistical. So, yeah. So weird. Um, so yeah, definitely I think aliens exist. I haven't had any experiences. And with ghosts and things, I've definitely had experiences when I was younger, not as I've been older. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally believe they exist. Did you see any? What was your what was your experience? Um, so the first one was that I was super, super young. And it was like, I don't even remember the house we were in. So I, I must have been like one or two years old or something like crazy like that. Yeah. Um, and it was just this glowing hovering figure outside of my window. Oh wow. Um and there's I feel like the next day when I like what not the next day, but when I had talked about it in the future like my family had a very logical reason like Mm. your dad was outside with the flashlight and blah 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 and I'm like but there's a certain something to an experience that is supernatural yeah and also why would I remember something when I was like one years old I was just gonna say for you to remember that it's like imprinted right I'm like I don't remember most things why would (laughs) I remember that right um and then the second one was when I was about 11 we'll just guess that age, like young. Um, We were doing some calling of spirits, you know, like just playing around. And then we freaked ourselves out. And I'm like, oh, I just need to grab my jacket before we leave. And then walking down the hallway was like this really weird presence. Mm. And then there was like really unexplainable, inexplicable, like 
opening of the cupboard door sound before I even got to the room. So I just legged it. I was like, nah, that's all good. (laughs) But it just literally felt like we had opened some kind of channel. There was no reason for any of that cupboard to be able to have been opened for that sound to have happened. And just the spookiness of like my body. I'm like, I'm, I'm just out of here. Yeah. So I got chills when you said it. (laughs) I would have been gone. (laughs) Yeah. And I do have a bit of, I mean, I'm a writer, I'm a creator of a great, a great imagination, but I'm like, you don't imagine a physical sound. Yeah. Well, and you feel it too. Like any experience. Mm, I think that was the biggest thing. Something in the air, electricity, I don't know, energy, you feel it. It was all of the above. (laughs) It was like the atmosphere, the mood, even like the silence that feels heavy. Oh, yeah. And then something that you're like, that's bullshit. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) (laughs) nothing could make me go in that room right now. And I'm leaving my house for a few hours. (laughs) Like, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are the two that I recall. I'm sure there's been more. Oh, I've had like visitations because I get like, um, I wouldn't say sleep paralysis, but I kind of, you're awake, but you can't move, which sounds like sleep paralysis. I was going to say, I think that's sleep paralysis. <laughs> like maybe it is. Oh God. I'm just realizing. Um, and there have like been figures and been different things. So whether that's spirit or ghosts or yeah, any other I've always entity. wondered, like, I'm thankful I don't have sleep paralysis, but all the stories I hear sound crazy. And I've seen somewhere you're not quite sure like is that person really just imagining something or like is there really an entity especially when like other people are involved and the other person says that they see something I'm like I don't know but yeah mine have been very much like I'm the only one that is awake in that moment so I can't verify it at all Mm. my partner sleeps like the dead so no problems there (laughs) Um, but there's been just been so many instances when it's gone on for such an extended amount of time. Like it feels like I'm awake for like an hour or something. And this thing wow. is there. Um, yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, and I have a lot of like, um, very turbulent, agitated dreams in general, but mm. there's a difference when you're like awake and seeing something than when you're like asleep and conscious mm. in your dream. Um, so yeah, I had one not too long ago. It was a couple of months ago, but after that, especially during that time period, like the next two weeks, I was just very careful of like, when I went to bed, I would ground my energy and I would imagine like this bubble protection around my bed, my room, my home, my house, my yard yeah, and like doing everything I could to be like, I'm not, and like very consciously, like I'm not, um, you know, like this space is closed to any entities or visitors or spirits. Like this is a complete no fly zone, basically (laughs) like no entry allowed. And Mm -hmm. I just had to consciously and very actively do that. And it actually stopped, which thankfully, because I was like a very turbulent experience. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not an expert in those things. So I couldn't say whether that's a ghost, some other kind of spirit or a very just overactive imagination, but it felt more than that so yeah that's mm. so interesting I find that so wild but like you said I, whatever you did worked I always do that as well the light the bubbles of protection works every time and then I'm just out I'm asleep I'm like I don't even know anything happened everything's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I need to actively do it um 
probably a bit more because it's like things like that sort of erode and then they yeah. like creep back in. Yeah. And I think for me, there's a combination with when my stress is higher, my like inner barriers are weaker mm-hmm. and then that stuff starts to happen more often. And like anyone could argue, like, is that psychological? And I'm like, it's probably both like your brain and your energy influences so much. Right. When you're in that agitated state and you're feeling weakened, it makes sense that things that you would normally naturally kind of like brace against or like have boundaries around can like deteriorate a little bit and like things can come in. So yeah, strong bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) That's the number one thing. Strong bubbles take away. Yeah. So the title of the podcast, (laughs) strong bubbles, (laughs) it'll make complete sense in the last second. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. I truly, truly loved our conversation and we're definitely going to have to do more. So thank you guys for joining as well. Until next time, remember you can do absolutely anything. Take no shit. Bye guys.